2: and gentlemen welcome to the four corners podcast i'm shad here with brad and matt's
3: back matt <laughs> i'm back i'm alive You're back i'm alive and now i am 100 percent full of not only like vaccinated immunity now i have uh <laughs> i have uh uh what's the natural immunity <laughs> oh i thought you had monkeypox. pox oh i man. did have monkey I did, well i could have <laughs> had monkey pox
0: i believe i, I accused you of being bitten by a radioactive termite
3: That's uh, true. Then I would have superpowers, which unfortunately I do not. Um, I had uh, I had the COVID, I had the dreaded Omicron, which you had I got the from Omicron. Uh, yeah, which I got from uh, oh, I want to disclose because I don't want to get sued, but I got it from uh, from from child care uh, individuals. You know,
0: the sickest, the sickest I ever was for winter, I sat next to someone whose kid was in daycare and I swear they brought some new disease to reinfect me every time like I recovered from the last (laughs) disease they brought in. Like I was sick from, I think, October to April that year.
2: You know, they say that after the apocalypse, the only things that are going to be left are cockroaches and Keith Richards. That's not true. Preschool and kindergarten teachers are going to be walking around going, I don't know what you're complaining about, because they they work in the the petri dish that is small child illnesses and fluids all day.
0: Yeah, but after like year two, you've gotten like every single thing you can possibly get, and you're just immune.
2: That's what I mean, and they they've got that immunity, and and you know. The you know the the weaponized ebola from the rainbow six novel could sweep through and they'd be like Eh, give me a tissue i'll be fine
0: i'm gonna give a uh, novel recommendation to any listeners this week it's quite a read and it'll take you a while but the stand by stephen king is a is a fun and sort of timely read at the, the
3: moment uh-huh. uh i i have a small child so yeah i i have been in the last like two years it's coming up on two years and she's been in a, in, in a care. like i have gotten sick probably more times from now but most of those i would say outside of like getting covid uh the only time i was actually like well there's two times i was like sick like once when she first started she got like a like i think I, she got some sort of respiratory infection which i don't think it was covid but it, it would have happened, like, right around the time COVID was, like, going through America. But um, <clears throat> she was sick, I, and then I got sick. That, was, that wasn't that
0: was fun. Was that the one but, where you had that horrible, like, chest cold or whatever?
3: Yeah. Yeah. It was, and, and, and I almost feel like it turned into a sinus infection. So, I don't know. It was bad. Uh, I was, like, afterwards, I was, like, well, did I have COVID? Because that was when COVID was running through everyone. But it's not – I don't know. Who knows what that was? That's, like, two years ago. Uh, the time that I got sick, besides COVID, that it really, really wasn't fun. I don't know if I'd share this. When I got um, norovirus, that was in oh, the yeah. summer. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, if you ever, if folks out there, if you never have norovirus, consider yourself lucky. It's not fun. Um, no. In the span of 24 hours, everything, <laughs> everything came out of me yeah. uh, From from one orifice or the other. The worst is
0: when the worst is when you have to do the dance because they're coming up both ends at the same time.
3: Ah, but it was a span in the span of like, I want to say six hours or probably like four. Like I could not keep a single thing down. And by that, I mean, I literally, I drank some water. I drank a bottle of water because I'm like, well, I should probably drink water so I don't get dehydrated. That Mm -hmm. lasted literally like 20, 30 minutes. And then it's like, oh, my God. And then I have, like, meat running. <laughs> Spreading to the bathroom. That
0: used to be – that's the worst, thing, is, like, when old people want to be like, just eat some some saltines and 7-Up. And I'm like, do you know how bad 7-Up tastes when it comes back out?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had, then it's just uh,
0: lime and, and and bile, and it's awful.
2: The worst instance of non-hospitalized illness I've had, because mm-hmm. I've, I've been in for some um, internal stuff, but – just from being sick, was the uh, second or third year uh, after I got married, we went to a New Year's party. And somebody came there sick, don't know what. And we're, my wife got real bad sick. And I was just like, oh, great. Good job, honey. I thought you weren't going to drink that much. She goes, I didn't drink that much. We're on the way home. And um, she was like, I didn't drink that much. Yeah, whatever, honey. Like on the way, you remember when Wendy's used to give out those massive cups with their meals, like the super super biggies or whatever? Yeah. Like I had an empty one of those in my car because I would keep those around to shove trash in because they were so big. Like at one point she started to get sick, so I pulled over and she just grabbed that and like filled it to the brim.
3: Oh, my God.
2: Yeah. So we got home and I get her in bed and I'm just like, yeah, okay, honey, you didn't drink too. And then the next morning I woke up. And I felt like someone had beaten me with sticks from the inside out. And I'm laying there, and I'm like, is this what hit you last night? She goes, yeah. I go – she goes, what are you thinking? I go, I'm thinking I want to die, but the gun's all the way on the floor, and I don't think I can manage. Like I took some sips of Sprite and retched so hard that it vomited out of my nose is how hard my body threw it back. That was – that was an experience.
0: I've only um, I've only gone to the ER. Well, no, I guess I did when my gallbladder finally crapped and I was puking severely. But um, the only time I went is a spider. I was working in the basement at the old house, and a spider bit me on the ear.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: um, so, fun fact, if a spider bites you on the ear, there's not a lot of tissue to absorb the damage. And it's a really great mm. way to get cellulitis, which I did. Ooh. So I woke up, and, like, my whole face and, like, ear were puffed up and... There were, like, angry, like, red lines, like, going down my neck into my chest and stuff. It was it was, it was a
2: fun time. Yeah, it sounds... So, on that happy start, <laughs> we're glad Matt's back with us. And we're going to get our shout-outs taken care of real quick. The first one is going to go to Collar & Elbow, the wrestling brand. Collar & com. Use the promo code for Corners Podcast. That's scene number four. Capital scene, Corners Capital PM Podcast. Save 10% off
3: your order. Our other shout out hands the ball back to Matt. Uh, that would be to Orlando Colon, uh, who I'm sure has super immunity from everything because his immune system is perfect.
2: <laughs> so we promised it last week. Here we are. It is our 2021 year end rewards. Hey, it's only. This is only what the second full week of January. Yep, second full week of January, so we wanted to give it just a touch of time. Well, I'm covering for—we gave it a little touch of time to make sure we got everything at the end of the year, so—
0: Well, you have to let the last—we were going to do it earlier, but it was going to be like a two-week gap, and I didn't think anything like big was going to happen, and um, thankfully it didn't, because our early contender of Danielson Page 2 was this year, correct?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Okay. So that is an early contender for match of the year for this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, we just wanted to make sure that we did not, like, shortchange a match or something that might change the the mathematics.
2: Yeah, I need to go back and catch that one, too. But the um, – so just so everybody knows, what we're going to do is we are not going to do an Academy Awards with this and save the uh, – the the big awards to the end. We're going to start with the big ones and then have some fun kind of parsing out some smaller ones as we go. Um, So we're going to start with one that I know at least between two of us is going to be kind of contentious. But the first one we're going to talk about is going to be Men's Wrestler of the Year. Now, Matt, Mm
3: what did you have for Men's Wrestler of the Year? So this one was actually tough for me because I felt like there were, there were actually several people that you could probably have considered for this, um, which is kind of like a change of fortunes because I feel in other, in past years, it was really easy to, to kind of figure out who was the best wrestler Mm -hmm. of the year. Um, and I toyed, I toyed with a couple people. Um, I contemplated Christian Mm -hmm. just because when he was signed to AEW, it's, no offense to the guy I didn't expect he would be as useful and as good as he was in like the last half of 2021
0: because he has legitimately (laughs) like I would say there's like two singles matches with Kenny Omega that were really good there's that Kazarian match like that he debuted on that's really good and then he has like at least two multis with Jurassic Express that are just excellent
3: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean he in my opinion he's in the he's in the argument for for best wrestler of the year like and it's if you want to actually like do the competition between him and and edge
0: oh edge is a uh, joke compared to him since he's come back it's
3: edge Mm -hmm. for the story of his career has always he was like the main eventer he was the one who has multiple title reigns he was the one who like his return should be like the big deal. But Christian, in my opinion, like a guy who was he always like the almost like the sidekick, flew under the radar. Uh He had he had the better year. He had the much better year. Um So he was in he was in my he was in contention. I didn't pick him. Uh, another guy who was in contention to me just because how good he was at the very beginning of the year. And then last three, four months, of the, like three months of the year. Was Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan is like perpetually could be in like the top, the top contention for wrestler of the year. Like he's so effing good, and he's been good. He's been great. He's been fantastic in AEW. Um, I did not pick him. The person I picked is like no surprise. I think I think Brad has. I'm going to spoil things. I think he she chose him too. But I I chose Kenny Omega, and that's partly because like he's had fantastic matches all year round uh but the thing that pushed him over the edge for me is because when he when he finally lost the title to Hangman Page then he basically he's been taking time off he's been taking time off because he needs i think a couple different surgeries mm-hmm. and then it also came out he admitted it's like yeah i've been having some issues with vertigo and it's yeah. like, wait, what what do you mean? Like uh like for months. He yeah. he said he had to train himself almost like relearning how to wrestle and just manage it.
2: He had and to on, learn to
3: wrestle while the ring would spin. Yes. And What's and that? on top of that, his like shoulder issues.
0: Yeah, I was gonna are say. so
3: bad that somebody made some another wrestler like made this joke the other day. I forget who it was. This is like the last like week or so, but it's it's accurate. It's like he basically was wrestling like with no, like he doesn't have like fucking shoulders that that work. Like the fact that he was able to lift them above his head is kind of like a medical mystery. It, it's the going through all of that and still having like literally five. Star, I know Mel- the Melser star system is kind of broken at this point, mm. but him having match of the year contenders or match of the year like nominees like so many of them in the year it's it's insane he's on a different level like he is he deserves to be put on a pedestal with people like flair or steamboat or other people who you could argue say like well they were the best of their time like he's he's in that contention like he is phenomenal
0: i i also think he had a goat a goat level performance this
3: year Yeah, I didn't want to talk about that because I wanted you to to have the opportunity, but I I am in agreement with you.
0: So, um, I'm just going to go next. since Kenny Omega is mine. I feel like um, Brian Danielson did push on him at the end of the year by just having really just a string of excellent TV matches the last four months in AEW. Mm -hmm. Um, I think where I'm going to pick Kenny Omega over Danielson at the end of the day, though, is like Just the body of work, like the two Christian matches, the Jungle Boy match, the the time limit draw with with Danielson, the um, Hangman Page match. Um, There's another one I'm forgetting in there that Shad and I always talk about that we can't remember what it is, but it was excellent. Um, But I think where he really stands apart and where he gets it over Danielson for me is... His match with Rich Swan in Impact. Oh, and the Moose match was pretty decent. Um mm-hmm. but in so the Rich Swan match, like Rich Swan like blew up so bad that he could barely move, and Kenny Omega willed him through another ten to twelve minutes of that match, and it was still excellent. Like he literally drug a broomstick for about twelve minutes through a four star plus match.
2: See it's 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 funny. Because um, I'm actually the opposite of you guys. And I recognize that part of it is I'm not an Omega guy. I recognize he is very good. But my pick was Danielson. Um, because the the way that I will... You're talking about Omega having a st- excellent matches. Yes, that's true. Danielson had excellent matches as well. But one of the the thing for me that's going to put Danielson over the top is the fact that he had um, it was like every single week, back to back to back to back to back continuously, he put out really good work with a huge variety of different people, who were not you know, a lot of them weren't top star guys and that sort, but they were still good over and over and over again. And then, you know, you get to his, his feud with Paige and, and all, you know, him having this, this heel turn where he changed almost nothing, but got everybody to hate his guts.
0: He didn't uh, even change just, his promo style, really, when you think no, about it. No, he
2: didn't. He changed almost nothing, but turned hard heel. And, um, yeah, that's, that's just who it is for, and I'm, to be still doing as good a job as he was doing in WWE when he wasn't feeling it. Um, yeah, I, I think he just, he sh- should have a lot of credit for that too. So for me, it's Danielson. I understand for you guys, it's for Omega and I get why, but you know, I, I'm, I'm not an Omega guy. So you
0: do say you're not an Omega guy though, but there's a lot of Omega matches that you were over the moon about this year. Like you loved the jungle boy match though.
2: Yeah, it was really good. And I can acknowledge that. Like it's it I'm not Omega's style has things in it I don't care for. And that's just what his style is and I can say that that's not my not my cup of tea and that's okay. Not everything needs to be because if it was then I'd be entertained but everybody else would be bored. Um
0: I think, though, I think though, I think though, where you enjoy him more is um, things like the Danielson match was more New Japan style Kenny Omega, and we saw more mm. of that this year. And when he when he goes into New Japan more, you get more on board with him, is what it, I've noticed.
2: It's probably he's more comfortable with that. Well, he's uh, more
0: serious. Um, he he does do the crazy stuff, but like I think where the Danielson match, where I really like that mm. one is they kept it super simple. Like it's a rare quality that a lot of guys don't do, but they kept it in their pants. So you want to come back and see them absolutely like go crazy and do like all the things to each other. Not just here's a little taste of what we can do. Just keeping it like keeping it like to the basics.
2: And they kept it to the basics and nobody complained. It was still quality. Cause if you were to have, a lot of people just do a real basic match. Folks would get bored. So, you know that I'm I'm gonna pick Danielson because Danielson's more my um, Danielson's more my cup of tea. But
0: uh, now had um had Danielson page two happened last year, I might have switched my vote at the last second.
2: <laughs> God, I, I I've seen stuff about how good it is but i just have not gotten to watch it yet and i really want to and he hasn't even
0: done like he hasn't even done like much outside of AEW yet
2: yeah all right so that was men's wrestler of the year now we go into women's wrestler of the year and i'm actually going to start with brad on this one
0: so this was a tough one because i feel like I feel like WWE was an absolute wasteland last year outside of like, well, they're they're kind of, I would say their three musketeers last year minus injuries were Sasha Banks, Bayley, and Bianca Belair. Those were the only people really worth watching. Um, Anything with Becky and Charlotte was just boring. Um, Rio was pretty boring, if you ask me. Now, I thought AEW was much improved, and they really hit on some stuff that I thought was good. Like, I think Britt Baker's heel run was really good. I think she's really improving in the ring. But, um, you know, where I really am going with this is star power, plus which I think was the best match of last year for women, which was the Lights Out match, um, which was just excellent. So my pick for this year, and really I think she's arguably the best star Oh, and her, her bit with, um like, Ruby Soho in the, um, the, 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 whatever they call their battle royals, um, at the pay yeah, per views. The cas- and the then, uh, um, yeah. the
2: casino battle royals.
0: Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So Thunder Rosa would get my pick for this this year with, I think, um, Britt Baker would probably be my second choice with, um, I don't know where I'd go after that because the problem is probably my second favorite women's match of last year was that banger that um the Jade Cargill and Red Velvet had
2: that was on really Rampage.
0: Good. And then there was that I think there was like a six woman with Ruby Soho, Rio, someone else. Oh, and Chris Statlander versus um Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and um Rebel. Which I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, there's been some other good stuff, but that that Jade Red Velvet one was was just excellent.
3: Uh, can I just give an appreciation shout mm-hmm. out to Do Jamie Hater? Like she she's trained in Stardom, so she has a lot of like Japanese Joshi Fed experience. And to me, when I watch her wrestle, it that comes out because that. I would say the complaint I have a lot with modern American women's wrestling is that some of the workers there's like a hesitancy to the things that they do, but that's there's less of that with Jamie Hayter. Like it's, she, her her offense looks believable and crisp. And if someone is performing a move on her, like she she re, like she sells it. Uh, in a believable way, she sells it well. Uh, and if it's someone's like if someone does a botch or something like that, she makes efforts to kind of like recover mm-hmm. and and fix the box. Well like some other people like there's a lot of a lot of female workers. It's like they there's like a hesitancy. that's almost like a deer in a headlight type thing. And that's yeah. because some of them, especially in AEW, a lot of the a lot of the women wrestlers are like they're, they're not as experienced. I mean, you have people like uh, like Anna Jay who I'm fond of I think she's she's coming along to becoming a, a good wrestler but she's has like how many how many matches in her career does she have Like probably like
0: low 30s now
3: yeah and you have people like Jade Cargill who have I think even less than that
0: mm-hmm. yeah
3: so but Jamie Hayter like is really talented really crisp like unfortunately I don't see they're gonna do they're, they seem to be doing an, an angle with her currently with they're gonna be teasing like a, a breakup or dissension between Britt Baker and her but I don't Unfortunately, I don't see Jamie Hater as like someone that they like they're going to put the belt on and give a run with the belt. No. She's more like a she's more like an R.N. Anderson type of foil.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I think um <clears throat> I think Chris Statlander has really made progress this year.
3: Yeah she oh, was yeah uh, she was sidelined a bit because of, she was injured but yeah because she is perfect
0: she's also good at covering botches because she's like a gorilla and just powers through botches it's That's like oh true. I'm losing you a bit like okay well we'll just I'll just strengthen my way out of this because she's like if you watch her she's ridiculously strong
2: mm-hmm. she <laughs> towers over a lot of other women in that division too because they're co- just oh, so much taller than yeah. they are.
0: Cause there were a couple spots when she had that really good pay-per-view match with Britt. There were a couple of awkward spots where she just saved it because she's like, "Fine, like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna deadlift you out of this mistake we're making."
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Britt almost. There was a, a spot where Britt almost took a header from the turnbuckles, but Statlander hooked her around the waist into a gut wrench thing. Yeah. It was really impressive. Um, it really was. So. Let's see. All
3: right. So, Matt, what about yours? Well, uh, as much as I love her, Jamie Hader is not my woman wrestler of the year. Um, yeah. I'm actually going to go <clears throat> I'm going to go some somewhat different.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
3: I'm not going to pick a WWE person because I agree that that's <sighs> the women's division there has been like such a shit show. Like it's been it's been all over the place and not in a good way. Uh, and the workers that i feel are very confident like competent like i don't know what they've been doing with them
0: like well, I, they, they um they put bailey out of action for a year by making her do meaningless training at the performance center
3: yeah uh I, bailey i think it's very good but she's been injured uh charlotte is like she's good but it's it's that that's like a, that's a perpetual shit show she's Becky, regressing i think. Yeah, too. Becky was out most of the year, and now when they came back, they have her, like, wasting Ray in, like, a fucking heel turn. Yeah. It's ridiculous. If she wasn't, Sasha...
0: She wasn't world. I don't... The, the mm-hmm. thing with Becky, too, is Becky was not an elite-level worker before she went out. She was good, but she was not like, top-level.
3: Yeah. Uh, Sasha, I think, is good, but she's been out with injuries or doing movies. Or no, well, not movies. TV shows. Uh, that's who knows there uh i think bianca is very talented and she should be they should be pushing her as like a main star but who knows like they want to they want to fuck around with her push so that's that's a perpetual thing like and in nxt like that's that's like a disaster now too i mean you have talented people like io shirai but what what are you going to do with them like they don't you have i I don't know
0: you have that who's that I can't stand her. That one that they have, they gave her a skater gimmick and she can't skate.
3: Oh, Cora Jade?
0: Oh, I can't stand her. Because especially, like, she is so thin-skinned and, like, just can't handle the criticism of her gimmick. Is
2: she the dynamic dudette now?
0: Yes. Because she got... <laughs> I... she. There was a lot of salt from her because I guess she fell on her ass at a takeover and got yeah. really butt hurt because the crowd was chanting, You can't skate.
3: Yeah, and and there was a comment made by uh, Darby Allen who oh, yeah. said something like, "Well, I'm like a real skater." He made some some sort of comment like that, which I mean, he is like you if you know anything about him, like he he is a real skater. And then she, of course, all the, like the clapping seals did the uh, like love that she clapped back at him, where it's she said something something to the effect of like, "Well, I'm like a at least I'm like a good person." She was like alluding to the whole talking out thing from a a year ago where allegations were made against Darby not they were like I know you have to be sensitive about that but the allegations weren't even like oh he abused me or things like that it was more like he's a shitty boyfriend or or that it it equated more to that which like maybe he was I don't know
0: also it's really it's really easy mm -hmm. to be like um, to throw out that you're a good person when you're 19 and you've never had like your life ideals challenged in any way or had like adversity or failure in your life either yeah
3: or even been in the business for like any really uh, like substantial amount of time yeah um didn't uh
2: darby's ex-wife come to his defense out in all that as well
3: for the allegations i think so uh well
2: and and the whole thing with
3: uh what's her face yeah coming after him too I'm not sure if she. I, it's possible that she did. Um, his ex-wife is is Priscilla Kelly now, and now Gigi Dolan and NXT. Um, she may have. Um, they seem to have. They seem to have like an amicable relationship, even mm-hmm. though they're they're now they're either divorced from the process of a divorce. Um, I just thought that was like a real shitty thing that she threw out, and it's like it's that's a that's a clapback that he he's in an impossible position with her doing that because it's like he can't defend himself because then people would immediately jump on him being like, whoa, whoa you're attacking a girl. And it's like, it, he, he can't win. And, and not to be super defensive of him, but again, I, we, 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 studied those allegations pretty all the allegations against people pretty significantly. There wasn't like anything
0: on, like to his though. He was just kind of like an ass hat yeah um, he
3: seems like in a like in a relationship he potentially is like an asshole boyfriend or husband mm-hmm. maybe even but i, I don't know like because he's divorced from priscilla but they seem to have a good relationship so but, who I knows mean, there he
0: i mean if he was also young at the time like he was in his early 20s and stuff and all of us mm. were kind of shit that's the, the the thing i hate about cancel culture and Some of this stuff is a lack of context. It's like, yeah, we were all kind of shitheels until we were like 25 and like our brains like figured out how to like do the whole mortality thing. And like we started to mature like that. I hate Mm. the lack of context to that. But like her like throwing that out there, like I fucking hate that shit because it's like, you know what? You weren't there. And like, what is it? She's like 19, isn't she?
3: I don't know if she's that young but she is very young
0: she's like she's like super young and it's like it's like yeah why don't you um you know it's real easy to you know throw that shit out there but why don't you go get some life experience and then okay. like get snarky with people about well situations and, you weren't there for either it's just it's, I, I i'm not even defending him i just hate when i just hate when little you know inexperienced pups at life think that they can well, and it wasn't it wasn't
2: salient to the argument either. No, it, they said that, and he's like, no, no, I can actually skate because I know I did this. And her response was, you know, instead of saying, you know, hey, you know, you didn't need to, you know, step on me like that. That that wasn't necessary. Could have just been like, you know, it. The response, oh yeah, well, you're a duty head or something. It's it's it it wasn't. It was just an attempt. It wasn't salient to what was actually going on so you know it, it it seemed to me let me call it it seemed to me that Darby's like don't compare us because you know I actually you know I've done this for you know years and I years hang out with
0: Tony Hawk
2: yeah I hang out with Tony Hawk I know what this is about don't compare us because they gave her a gimmick like that but you know that's anyway
3: yeah. Uh, I, long story short, like there's not someone from the WWE that I actually pick here, and there's a lot of good workers in AEW that I could have easily picked. Like Thunder Rosa is a, I think, a perfectly fine, really good pick, and she has, she's really talented in ring, and has super charisma. Like they, they seem to be, obviously trying to focus on building some stars, like with Jake like Cargill. Um, they're still working in, in making uh, Britt Baker like a focus, which they should because, I mean, she pulls in ratings. Uh, so I think that DeRosa, like, I think down the road she will absolutely have a title run. And they're also focusing on people like Ruby Soho who, you know, she she was kind of like unrecognized, really, in the WWE. Uh, so I, I, I fully appreciate what they're doing, but I actually am not going to even pick an AEW person. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to pick someone who over the course of 2021 won multiple championships in multiple different federations and i think has actually been doing a really good job um both in ring and character wise and that's a uh, former for former impact champion and spoilers new ring of honor women's champion uh diana perrazzo
0: oh, that's a good pick
3: yeah, she's had a, she had a really fantastic 2021. She she won the Impact title. She lost to Mickey James, but I I fully expect that she'll get that title back again at some point, probably in 2022. But she won the uh, the AAA what Reyes de Reyes. Uh, I forget, I'm, I'm yeah. not that wrong. Probably like Reyna. Mm. I'm sure.
0: It's also Reyna um, de Reyes. It's also led to the mm. weird situation where the active Impact Women's Champion is going to be in the Royal Rumble because they do because. So, funny thing about how bad the WWE women's division is, they can't even, they don't even have enough warm bodies for the Royal Rumble anymore.
2: Nope. Yeah, and I'll be honest, more than anything, I'm just kind of surprised that Mickie James agreed to it, given how she got released last time. But
0: She's a professional, that's why. Yeah,
3: she's probably, and she's probably getting paid a buku for it oh yeah i'm sure she was like okay i'll do it for uh this amount and then basically just like like texted them forwarded them like a really astronomical
0: you know she number pr- you know what she probably did she was like thinking a number in her head that she counted how many women were on the roster and doubled it and faxed it over to bruce and mm-hmm. they were like okay we'll pay it and she's oh, like it- damn it i should have asked for more
2: she said, uh, "This much money and a uh, apology in writing from somebody or something like you know that, what, maybe."
0: You know what probably happened is she probably called their bluff and like, I don't want to do this shit. Like, I want, I want five hundred thousand dollars, and they're like, "We'll do it." And we're, she's like, "Well, fuck. I'm like, okay. <laughs> 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 like, have it in 20s.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I my when it, we compare my answer to your guys is it's going to seem kind of basic, but. First of all, let me preface. Number one, Thunder Rosa is my favorite uh, woman on the AEW roster because Thunder Rosa not only has a great gimmick and can work, but Thunder Rosa carries herself like someone who will jack you up, mm-hmm. and it's a it's it's believable on her. So that's something I I like in my wrestlers is somebody who's got the confidence and they've got an aura to them that that you know. You know, kind of, kind of brings a, uh, some credibility with it. Um, over in WWE, they could have done it with Bianca Belair if they had not cut her knees off.
0: Just, just,
2: Yeah, and and that's the shame of it is they had it, and then they they lost it. Um, but what I'm gonna do is, uh, she's been at the top of the division. She got to the top of the division while also improving, and she has been one of the biggest ratings movers, uh, which means that I feel like, as much as I like Rosa, i got to pick Britt Baker for this year. Um, just She's just, you know, all of the work she's done and the improvements she's done have been so good, I, f- I feel like I have to. So, you know,
0: um, one thing I really like that Britt did this year was um, that – that promo her and Ruby had where they were just going to town on each other mm. on a rampage. Mm-hmm. And like you could tell like they were like, OK, are we doing this? And they just I mean, they were cutting deep, like with real stuff on each other, too.
2: They were throwing some bombs at each other. Yeah, I, I remember Baker looked at her. And said, you're not the runaway. You're the got fired or something like that.
0: I also love Tony Schiavone's, like crush on her, and that he just rips the shit out of Adam Cole every chance he gets oh,
1: yeah.
0: he wants some of that that sweet uh, Britt Baker action. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're back and forth. Like it's the most I've been. Well, I actually think Adam Cole's the best of the Bucks. Like I love that thing they do. It, it makes me laugh every time where he puts someone in the camel clutch, and yeah. they run the ropes <clears> like they're gonna do the double drop kick, and they like do the double cheek kiss with him. Yeah, yeah. And, but I just love like him and Tony ripping on each other just cracks me up every time.
2: Yeah, I honestly, think that it's more Tony Shivani is buttering bread up for that free dental care for all the yeah. kids he's got. because <laughs> mm.
0: um, because they do they, it right too because because um in WWE it would just be Adam Cole berating Schiavone, mm-hmm. but like yeah. Schiavone gets some nasty ass burns in on him.
3: He does. Schiavone is is quietly very hilarious uh i and I, I love that they play their relationship like straight like they they, they could easily it, this was wwe also they'd have Brit, like rating him at every point and several times they have had the opportunity to do that and they don't do it and and it's like oh no we're best friends and it's like they play it straight it's like that's how you're actually supposed to do it cuz it works and they they play they, it,
2: it plays off more friendly than anything else, but yes. just the fact that Shivani rips on Cole all the time. Shivani has a few guys. He ripped Cole and MJF and somebody else I can't think of. But it's always funny because, first of all, he just comes across like he just hates him so much. And then second, he gets these great little
3: jabs in on him. Uh, is it MJF? He he always like yeah, – He's one of them, shit yeah. Shit talks MJF. He does. Oh, God, yes. Uh, Brad. Uh, the the Adam Cole um, camel clutch like, kiss spot uh, the the two hilarious points where that has gone awry for Adam Cole <laughs> is obviously like the Dark Order yeah he had uh, Alex Reynolds and John Silver do it yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was like horrified by it. his his facial <laughs> expressions when he realized it wasn't the Bucks kissing him yeah were fantastic didn't and they make like, a
0: shirt out of that
3: yeah because that led to uh on their on aews like being the elite uh like web series basically um that's where you had like a classic where (laughs) where john silver and 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 alex reynolds were trying to convince adam cole to to be their manager yes Uh, which is obviously like a a, an inside joke against the WWE because that was the WWE's like grand scheme for Adam Cole. Was that it's pretty great, much the main roster. What and
0: was B, that like, great uh, name they came up with? It was like, they were, Muff, <laughs> Muff, Muff, Muff
3: Flanagan. Yes. Oh, Muff Flanagan and, was one of them. And budge. And budge. And the shirt yeah. is like the two of them kissing him. And it's like, it, the, I think the caption is like budge. <laughs> <It's>
2: like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, I loved that, that spot. Cause Cole's expression mm-hmm. goes from surprise to, too terrified to disgusted in about a second and a half yeah it's through he just runs through all of those and it's so funny
0: and you know bruce pritchard was probably like angrily crying as he had to he had to scratch muff flanagan out of his like uh, (laughs) a book of names yeah and he's just sitting there going budge was good why didn't we go with budge
3: Um, um the other time that was that they went awry for him and was actually really funny this is a recent one because they uh the elite has kind of been feuding with the best friends mm-hmm. um and it was one of those times like he did the he did it to somebody or something I forget how what the spot was but it was orange Cassidy like orange Cassidy like leaned in and like gave him a kiss mm-hmm. and oh, he was um, again horrified but um, it was very very tongue-in-cheek
0: in PWg <clears throat> they did that too it was before uh, was it Jake Chris that was the sex fest
1: mm-hmm
0: it was um, it was back when they teamed up with Sammy Callahan, and they did that during the match. And then Sammy Callahan came in the ring, and he just full on like I think he even slipped him some tongue while he did it, like kissed him <laughs> on the lips.
3: <laughs> you know, as an aside, like my wife, I was watching some AEW. I'm trying to get caught up, but my I was watching some uh, I was catching up on Rampage, and it was a an Orange Cassidy like match i think it was best friends versus the elite and my wife was asking like she was shocked because uh, i think like what three years ago going on three years ago we saw she first saw orange cassidy at the wrestle one of the WrestleCon shows when it was
0: uh, the the scu match
3: yes yeah. in new york uh, right before the the most recent wrestlemania in new york i think it was wrestlemania 35 and she was like She's like, wow, he's like a big deal. I'm like, no, he's like, war Cassidy has become like a, a, like a legit star, and people, he's like way over. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you yeah, gotten to great.
0: that? Have you gotten to that Jade Cargill Red Velvet match yet on Rampage? No, not yet. Oh, um, I want your opinion on that when you get to it because <laughs> you're, I know, I know, everyone's skeptical of even Jim Cornette liked that match.
2: Yeah, is really good. Because
0: it's like, because Red Velvet just bumps like insanely for jade
2: Mm Mhm. yeah she does you can tell they're working hard in it and one last thing before we go on but i just got to get this off my chest there is one thing adam cole has done since he's shown up in aew that just absolutely pisses me off Mm -hmm. and that is the fact that the panama sunrise should be a finish not a setup Mm-hmm. It's a uh, the devaluation of the Canadian destroyer in record time drives me nuts. Like it seriously just just aggravates me to death because it it's a momentum pile driver, but it it's never a finish now, and that just kills me. the the Dustin uh, Dustin Rhodes uh, Sammy Guevara match. I actually hate that match because of some of the stuff involved with that. So
0: if it's not, well, uh, it's not a finisher when Dustin does it though.
2: It's not, but it was still a pile driver to the floor through a table.
0: Well, I mean, you know,
2: Sammy should not have been able to get up like that after that. Okay. We'll, We'll save that for later. Next category is match of the year. And, um, I've had you guys go first, so I guess it's my turn. I thought a long and hard about this one. I thought about Danielson Omega. I thought about um, Danielson Page. I thought about some other Omega matches and I came to the conclusion that the winner for me was the one that got my heart rate up the most and got like just being the the being who I am and all that sort, the one that sucked me in and just I mean absolutely had me on the edge of my seat was the Young Bucks Lucha Brothers cage match.
0: Oh, uh, that's a good choice. I did that one did not cross my mind. There's yeah. a lot of good moments in that match. Um the I mean probably the spot of the year was in that match. The Ray Phoenix where he um was it an arm drag where he does that like he just like does that like short cage walks where he just like kicks off the cage?
2: I think it was more of a Superman punch, but uh or a Lariat, but it might have been an arm drag, I'm not sure. But...
0: And when, when they're like when penta has i think matt and nick has ray phoenix and they're about to do like power bombs or pile drivers and they're just shit talking each other on the apron. They're like, you're
2: gonna do that to my brother i'm gonna do this to your brother you're yeah. not gonna stop me you're not gonna and, yeah
0: and the dramatic they have like the the thumbtack shoe and they go for the super kick and pentagon just does the dramatic dives in front of his brother and takes it right to the face for his brother yep. oh that match it that match is really good
2: the, the thing I think – all those spots are good, but I think the clincher for me was – because in tag matches, you can get away with this. In, in singles matches, if you have too many false finishes, then it feels like everything gets devalued. But with a tag match, your partner can dive in and make a save. You would be put away by that move if your partner hadn't made the save. And they repeatedly had, like down to the microsecond, perfect timing on the save – 2.999 on the count when w- someone comes in it just dives in and breaks the that, count up
0: that had the best pin and, breakup of all time. Cause it was right after the Pentagon thing and they go to like yeah. pin him and you can just feel the crowd mm. just die. And Ray Phoenix like comes out of nowhere.
2: Yeah. And came in it. from off the can out of the frame of the camera and, and came in and shoved one of the bucks off.
0: And you just feel the the
2: crowd just came right back on their feet.
0: Yeah. Oh, so good. That was a good match.
3: (sighs) All right. (laughs) Well, spoiler. I actually picked that one too. Okay. Um, (laughs) the year. Um, it's, that was kind of like a toss up, uh, between that and the Omega Danielson match, um, which I think is fantastic. Um, I have not seen either of the Danielson Adam page matches, uh, which technically I think wouldn't qualify for like bet like 2021, but uh,
0: the first one would. The first one
3: would. <clears throat> oh, okay. I haven't I haven't seen that, so I don't know. It's um,
0: not. I don't think that one's a match of the year. The the second one I think would have been in the conversation.
3: Um, I thought the Omega Danielson match was phenomenal. Um, it kind of showed that that Danielson still has it and. and also showed how great Omega is um, I liked that match specifically because we actually it, it was New Japan, Kenny Omega in that, uh, fantastic job the match that I did not see which I think would probably be in contention uh, was the Walter versus uh, mm-hmm. Ivan Dragunov
0: yeah, uh, I,
3: match I, um, was, that was really good <clears throat>
0: that's a caveat to my pick is that I, I, I have been trying to make the time to watch it. And it just has not happened for me. And I'm sorry. Like yeah. I've tried for like three weeks straight to watch it for this, to, to give an informed opinion. I think that would have a shot from all I've read about it. So for me, um, Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson wins, uh, for me. So we can go into, we can go into, well, let
2: me, let me throw this out there for you real quick. Brad is that, cause I have seen that match. And Walter and Dragnov unload on it. This is, to be honest, the hardest-hitting singles match I can think of for the year because they go
0: ham on it, and it is
2: really good.
0: How does it compare? Because I know you saw it, and that was really hard-hitting. Remember the Walter-PCO spring break match? How is it compared to that? that That
2: was more... Walter just beating up P.C.O. for twenty minutes. Dragnov. The story was that Walter keeps trying to put Dragnov down, and Dragnov just keeps pulling himself back up and just throwing everything he's got into every shot at Walter. And it's it's not um, it's uh, the best analog I can think of is. Uh, Rocky Balboa versus Apollo Creed from the first movie cuz Creed can't put Rocky down and Rocky keeps coming back. Except this one actually has a decisive ending. Like it's it's really good. It, I was sitting there, sitting around thinking about match of the year and for some reason my brain was stuck on singles and that was in hard contention for me until I was like, "Wait, wait, Bucks Lucha Brothers wins by like a mile cuz I love love good tag wrestling. Well, uh, but it's it's really, really good.
0: I think what would hurt it versus Omega and Danielson, I th- it, despite the technical things, is that it's NXT UK, and that's going to devalue it slightly. It's mm.
2: mm. so good.
0: So anyway, I think, so like Matt said, you're getting um, New Japan, Kenny Omega. It has that <clears throat> sick, well-executed um, dragon suplex on the apron. Mm-hmm um them just i mean it's a lot of chops and kicking like i like the last like 30 seconds where they can't get back on their feet so they just start headbutting each other Mm -hmm. yeah Um, comebacks the near falls um that what was that off the top rope where kiddo just like launches him was that like a german off the top no it was just a dragon wasn't it
2: i don't remember
0: Um, um the the v trigger executions in that match were really well done um, there were a couple of those that looked like they were just brutal, the way they landed.
2: Was that one that had the um, the reverse suplex, the like inverted DDT setup to just a full on reverse suplex throw?
0: Yeah, that was it. That wasn't
2: that. Okay. Match. Um, so just yeah, that, the... I watched that spot, and the first thing that went through my mind is, oh god, that makes my balls hurt because. <laughs> Danielson the way he landed I was just like oh god that looks like that's a testicles first landing
0: because that was one where my wife came in like 10 minutes in and like watched the whole thing um just because it draws you in like I went in knowing it was 30 minutes it does not feel like 30 minutes they could have like it could they could have gone for 60 and I would not have given a rat's ass that was that was one down
2: that, that deserved the fight forever chant you know yeah
0: um, so that would be my match of the year.
2: All right. So now we go into tag team of the year. Um, Matt, I'm going to have you lead us off on this one. Okay. Tag team
3: of the year. Um, you know, there's AEW has a lot of tag teams. I'm not going to give it to a tag team for WWE because they, they just seem like they fucking hate <laughs> tag team wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually tag teams that you could choose from or probably from the indie scene. Um, I, I, and I also feel like New Japan didn't have the like, good tag team stuff this year. But I'm gonna go with Lucha Brothers. Like no one is really having like the quality of matches that they've been having outside of like the Young Bucks. Uh,
2: and, Matt, I'm I'm with you because I gotta give it to the Lucha Brothers yeah, too.
3: I'm, yeah, I'm I'm in
0: unison with that because there was mm. there was an FTR match that was really good. The cage match, obviously yeah um it was this year but the the um they covered poor ray phoenix breaking his arm really oh. well
3: uh, he didn't he did not break his arm it's just like i guess like a dislocation Oh. yeah okay. uh, but
2: dislocated his
3: elbow but god oh no. uh, for those who have not seen it this happened don't mostly. watch this it just, just don't day, just yeah don't. it just happened days ago like the last dynamite and it was horrific like mo- everyone who saw it was like oh my god like that's the worst you don't break or like, injury i've seen since someone like joe Theismann or
0: no um the dude the dude did um uh the michigan louisville basketball championship game a couple years ago where that guy just tore his ankle and like players were throwing up
2: because mm. it and the was so said- bad yeah, the Sid break, yeah, it, it's up there with those. It's the saving grace was it happened so fast and it was not the focus on camera when it happened.
0: Yeah. or the um Chris Weidman and um Silva breaks too.
3: Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it it was it was not an actually a break, so it, was, it wasn't something as graphic as like you know bone sticking out, but it yeah. was it was a man's elbow completely turned and the, the the direction that elbows don't bend it <laughs> so, yeah like oh. that's it, it was bad it, was not, it oh. was not good. i'm
2: shuddering now just oh
0: but the good news for him is he can probably come back from that decently quickly as long yeah. as there's not like um card range and ligament damage yeah
3: yes hopefully there isn't and if they were able to basically relocated in quick yeah. fashion, which I imagine because an injury of that sort, I'm sure like he got immediate attention.
0: Cause the, the, and, the, the, the thing you don't want is cartilage damage with stuff like that, because that just becomes degenerative. Unfortunately. Yes.
3: Yeah. It, it, anytime you start injuring joints. Yeah. Like that's incredibly dangerous because you could have that cartilage damage or you could have like tendon or lig- ligament damage, which that's, that's, usually harder not only to heal but you can have a lot of long-term issues yeah, you don't. Hopefully that's hopefully that's not the case here
0: you don't um, get good blood flow to your ligaments so they, they take forever to heal yeah
2: I think um, he they keep a doctor like a real doctor at ringside so he diagnosed and probably not only relocated but treated very quickly he mm-hmm. called whatever he needed for it so I have I have good hopes for it but god that was that was rough.
0: So what's next on our... Our, our
2: next list? category falls to Comeback of the Year. And some of us have already hit on it, but uh, uh, Brad, who do you have for your, your Comeback of the Year?
0: Um, This really is a no-brainer to me. Honestly, honestly, you can make an argument for Sting. You could make an argument for <sighs> Sting this year. Doesn't
2: because... Sting predate 2020, though? was not he 2019?
3: Well, no, his his comeback was that was that win, winter is coming,
0: 2020. Yeah. Oh. But he didn't okay. wrestle till this year. He's wrestled five That's, matches this year. So.
3: I agree okay. with Brad. I agree with Brad. You can yeah. make the argument for it because if you're talking like debut, no, his debut was technically in like December 2020. But mm-hmm. if you want to talk like him actually in the ring doing stuff, it was this year. And I didn't even think about Sting when i was choosing this and it's like you actually could fucking make the argument that sting <laughs> deserves to be in contention because no one i don't think a single soul expected that like 61 62 year old sting to come back and to be doing the shit that he's doing like it's okay look it's it, it's one thing for for him to come back and do basically a cinematic match which is like the match that he had uh, with Darby against Team Taz early in 2021. It's like, you are going to do, like, some smoke and mirror stuff? It's like, okay, like, you, you can have him come back and do that. Uh, and it could still be entertaining. But this dude has been out there fucking taking bumps. He's yep. been wrestling and it's fucking amazing. Now, I understand, like, he's probably being protected and the, guy he's, the guys he's doing it with are largely, like, very good workers, like FTR. Yeah, <laughs> But, I mean, he's been doing shit that it's like he should not be. He's doing dives from like the fucking top rope. Yeah, onto the outside. It's he also cross, yeah,
1: that
2: cross cross body to the floor. It's, it's also yes, his footwork.
0: Too. That's the thing that I think really sets him apart. Is like old guys kind of shuffle, and he does yeah. not do that. He still like moves because I think I think the difference with Sting is Sting, Sting is an underappreciated because of that knee injury early in his career. But Sting is a genetic freak. Yes, he, like, he is. Um. I, I liken Bianca Belair to him a lot, just that that freak specimen of athletic prowess.
3: Yes, like it, the raw athletic ability that he possesses. In my mm-hmm. opinion, like at this point, like he's sixty-one, sixty-two. It's undeniable. Like the, a man his age should not be moving and doing the things that he's doing. And and getting like, yes, air. I, yeah yeah it's like yes i know wrestling is not real but it's like it's still there is a certain i mean shaq can tell us more than anyone because he actually did it but like there is a degree of athleticism that you really actually need for wrestling like you don't have to be like you know the best wide receiver in the nfl you don't need like things like that but there is a degree of athleticism that is kind of required to be you know really elite top level and him he's like look at tom brady like tom brady is another guy who's like in his 40s now like he should tom brady should not be able to to work at the elite level that he's still working at what he does and sting like should not be doing the things except that he is a genetic freak like that's the only way to to explain it at this point like the guy is he's still in like fantastic shape for a man his age and Uh, he um matt i saw him
2: break out a new move this year uh, One of you guys sent it to me But when he busted out the flying toehold I was really impressed Oh wow yeah <laughs> Sorry I killed your flow
0: <laughs> But um, Despite all those things about Sting Where he does deserve a shout out um, Clear in a way though And I mean it's not even an argument Because we talked about him as a potential wrestler of the year uh, Christian Cage Really I mean Showed what a joke um, Edge has been since he's come back Like, Christian looks like he hasn't missed a beat for a guy that had to retire for five years because he was getting, like, concussion symptoms if he got in a ring.
3: Yeah. Not only has he not missed a beat, I would actually make the argument he's better now than he used to be. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. I mean, he's he's just fantastic. And he, he, the last, like, six months, he has just been on, on, like, an absolute tear. He's been having great matches with a lot of different opponents. He won... He won the uh the TNA or impact title. Yep. Uh from them. And he didn't keep it long because he was it was always designed to be like transitional. But he's been having he had great matches from the time he was there. He's had great matches with AEW. E. W. And it's not just because he was going in there with like Kenny Omega. Like he's been having good matches with like a lot of people. Like he has been an absolute asset to them since hiring him. And so behind the, behind the scenes he apparently has also like and real life and mentoring people like Jungle Boy. Jungle yeah. Jungle
0: Boy's I, promos are a lot better.
3: Jungle Boy's everything. is a lot. Better. <laughs> that's but, true. I think I think they're kind. Of, it storyline wise, it looks like they're probably gearing up down the road to do a feud between Christian and Jungle Boy because like that's kind of like natural progression. If like Christian Cage, like kind of, it would, it would make sense to have Christian Cage become jealous. And they get in a feud with, like, the young the young uh, upstart, the fresh talent in Jungle Boy. And Jungle Boy can get, like, a big win over, like, an established person. But I think that's where they're going. I don't know if they will. I do like so far that he has—they've been, like, a, a unit. They've been, like, uh, friends. But he's, in real life, has been working with him. And it's not just his promos. Like, I guess there are things that Jungle Boy has said who, without giving it to, like, too many specifics. But he's talked about how the Christian has been working with him— in his ring psychology, which is something that at his at Jungle Boy's age, like he may not have because he just had the experience, but him if if Christian is teaching him things like that, like that's that's incredibly acid. It's gonna make Jungle Boy like a much better worker and potentially like elite level.
0: Jungle his Boy really took a step stru- forward this year, honestly. Yeah, yeah his <laughs> match
2: structuring. Yes, is so yes. much better now.
0: Yes like
2: I would watch his early stuff in AEW and I'd be like man he's he's going to be he's going to be something and, but you know he's not there yet but then stuff this year I've looked at it and I've been like he's almost something now
3: and 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 that matters so much because yeah. like little things like that intangibles also but match structuring and psychology that's something that again why why I would consider Kenny Omega arguably the best of the current generation and arguably even the best working today outside of someone like daniel bryan but daniel bryan is like the same vein it's like there's lots of little things that they do that if you're watching the match you know you're focused on like the big moves and things like that you may not get but there are if upon like repeated watchings of things you notice that they might do certain little things that you afterwards you watch it and it's almost like easter eggs but it's like oh my god I didn't realize he did this little thing but it makes perfect sense like there was one this is kind of going back a ways when he was in New Japan but there was like in the Okada series he did the last one like when he was when he won the title like there was something where like Okada did a move and they are it both down on the mat but like o- Omega kind of like rolled and like tucked his hands in his arms into himself and it's like that's that's like a weird motion that you're doing but it was because like he was trying to protect himself from getting like a pin from makata because they were both in position for that to happen and it's like little things like that you don't pick up right away Mm -hmm. but after you watch it again or you refocus on it you're like holy shit like that's that's actually like from a storytelling perspective brilliant and I feel like Jungle Boy is kind of trying to incorporate things like that into his matches, I, and it shows like a progression. It shows like he's thinking a lot more about his matches and sort the structure of things. Like it's it's fantastic.
0: I also wanna I want to give Luchasaurus a shout out because I feel like mm-hmm. that poor guy does not get the credit he deserves. Because if you watch those matches, he goes he does a really good job of never upstaging Jungle Boy.
3: Yes. He, he is, knows what his job is. Yes. And, and fan, it's great. He knows what his assignment is. Like he knows that I'm not the star here. Like I need to focus on getting the other guy over. And it's especially more important for him because he's a dude who's like how in real life, how big is he? Like six, six? I think he's six, five. Yeah, He's big. He's a big dude with a lot of muscles. It's like in a different company, he would be booked as like the main focus and just like, you know, steamrolling through people but that's not his position and he knows it and he doesn't seem to have any ego about it
2: yeah and Mm -hmm. it's interesting because in so many cases when you have a tag team and you've got the big guy that makes the hot tag like that guy's usually like a star right but luchasaurus has figured out a what if he's walking that line very very well of the big guy that gets the hot tag but does not outshine his partner because Jungle Boy is the star of the team. But what Luchasaurus does builds both of them up, but Jungle Boy more. It's it's really impressive. Um, So, you know, you're right. You're right to give him a shout out there. That's I, I would have hit that on. We've got an upcoming category that'd be in, but it's worth talking about now. Our next category is Best Character Work. I think it's my turn to go first. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to be honest with you, Best Character Work of the Year, as far as I'm concerned, means I love that Danhausen.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's my pick. Um, I actually was struggling with this one, and we were talking back and forth, and then you mentioned him. I'm like, why didn't I even think about this? But he's far and away the best yeah.
3: Guys, character there. yep. It's a 3 P Like, I agree. Yes. <laughs> 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 Fool for him or
0: be cursed. be cursed. We should. We should. Um, I very we nice. Should,
2: very evil. Be cursed. You
0: should. Um, you should tag him on Twitter after this and say we're sending him Burger King coupons.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, we're rich now.
0: Let's go Davis. to Burger King. I'll buy you a whop. Davis, where are my Burger King coupons.
2: <laughs> I am. Okay, I. I know this happened this year, but here is what I. One thing that I love about Danhausen's character work, this. Like, this went up a few days ago. He posted, he said, well, Danhausen doesn't have a contract, so he posted a picture of an application he filled out to A&W Burgers. Mm-hmm. This set on it, at the bottom, it mentions Boss Tony. He filled it out because the A&W logo, the ampersand, kind of looks like an E.
0: You're forgetting he drew his face on it, too. He,
2: he, does, yes. he does draw his face on it. But it's filled out in such a way he's willing to work Mondays, or Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Like, the whole thing is, it's made to look like Danhausen thought he was applying to AEW. Yes. And then the a corporate account responded that they would hire him. Yes. Like, like
3: gratification, you're higher.
2: <laughs> yes. The guy has, breaking his leg did not slow down his popularity remotely.
0: Um, and no. I love that, that V-blog he posted, I think a week ago like um the ass boys are setting up their their stand and then you just mm-hmm. see you just see dan Housen, like driving up on his scooter
2: yep and
0: and billy gunn seems to legitimately love him because he's yeah. just sitting there and he's like he's just cracking this huge smile the whole time
3: yep give credit to billy gunn because he has now leaned into the whole ass boys thing and like is wearing the shirt and is like responding to to Dan House and tweets or or comments Billy, where he's yeah. mentioned and he's like yeah he's like fully on board with the ass boys. I, I think he's
2: glad someone's finally referring to him by his full name, Billy Gun Ass. Well, um, <laughs> in <laughs> that vlog like where the where the ass boys, your argument? No, that's not who we are. We're the gun club. No, it's it's. It's the ass boys. It's after your father. Billy Gunn. His full name is Billy Gunn Ass. And you're Rod Ass and you're Todd Ass. And they go, that's not our names. He goes, they're your middle names. Yeah. And just.
0: And then the they're like, Dad. And he he's, like, he's like, yeah, it. ass boys. Come on.
2: Dad, Dan House is giving <laughs> us a hard time. And Billy Gunn's just. They pan over to him. And he goes, good. Like, he has taken this joke and built up these two guys. And credit to. To Rod and Todd Ass, they have leaned into it in a huge way. I think I don't. Oh, I know I know their real names are Austin and Colton, but I can't help but call them Rod and Todd Ass now. Like that's stuck in my. That's brain a great
0: forever. Simpsons reference too. Yes. But uh, I also love like they were mad and Billy Gunn's like I like the shirt.
3: Yeah. <laughs> they even got their grandmother involved. we like he, she's calling them like over Christmas break. She's like calling them Ass Boys. Yes. And they're like. Oh my God, Grandma! Even Grandma! Come on!
2: I think and, one of them said
3: that nobody's getting their Christmas
2: presents this Yes.
3: Year. <laughs> but let's take a step back and just appreciate the absolute brilliance of this. Like this is a entirely an online, like feud, quote unquote mm-hmm. feud that they're in with Danhausen, uh, because the guy's injured. Like he's little G, He's like he's coming back from a very bad, you know, leg injury, mm-hmm. and he can't get in the ring and work. No. So he they can't like physically pay this off and it's entirely like through social media and other things that they're they're building this feud and running with it and it is incredibly popular.
0: Like they, I think
3: uh, um they're selling t-shirts like nobody's business.
0: I think I think Billy came out on a dark with the ass boy shirt on. They did. like tore yes. it off of him. He, he
3: I did. think he had it on he must have had it on like a Rampage or something like that because my wife saw this and i had i i actually had to give her like a brief like cliff notes version of what it meant and the feud and she was kind of like hmm that's interesting but i i was explaining to her like no this is like brilliant like this one guy has actually built an entire feud based on calling them ass boys and it's done through, purely through social media and it's it's been fantastic. Like they they're making money hand over fist with this T-shirt.
0: And, and this the, the video he did with CM Punk was funny, too, because he was <laughs> claiming, you, he was he was claiming he invented the go to sleep. And um, hmm. Punk's like, so you invented it, huh? And he's like, yeah, he's like, you need to pay me. And Punk's like, fine, like, is 20 enough. He's like sure. He's like well. He's like I'm gonna do it on Wednesday. So here's another 20. And he just kept like giving him more and more money. And Danhausen just had his hand out the whole time. Mm.
3: I, it's not. Um. I don't think it's been confirmed in any way that that Danhausen is AEW bound. But I have to believe that he's going to be because. Yeah. His engagement nowadays is almost like 100% uh, with AEW workers. Yeah. And like not just him like, you know, like tweeting at them, but them actually like tweeting at him or responding to him. So I, I feel like it must be the case.
2: And being in videos with at Hangman Page name dropped him at a panel. They're mm-hmm. like someone asked him like who is somebody that's not in AEW that you'd be looking forward to working with, and Page is sitting there and goes you know uh, this might be a popular answer but the person I'm looking I, I really want to hook up with is Dan Danhausen. It's just like this. This has to be happening. There's no way this is not happening. Yeah.
0: And I mean, I mean um, he he released a shirt with him and MJF on it.
3: Yeah. Yes. Best friends housing.
0: <laughs> yeah. And MJF keeps
3: threatening his life. Yes.
0: <laughs> no, that the best part was he kept doing that. At the con and eventually MJF was like, "Look, you creepy pervert."
2: Yeah. Yeah. So. We could go on and on about Danhausen, but let's go ahead and, and take it on to our next category um which is the best on the mic uh so um uh, brad, I think this this comes back around to you here
0: which one are we on sorry uh
2: best best on the mic
0: oh um did I answer this I think uh oh well, probably Eddie Kingston I'd say. Hmm. Eddie actually, Kingston or Miro would be. I'd I'd say Eddie Kingston just because like some of his stuff's been really good this year.
3: I I actually did not uh, note this category, so I'm gonna answer on the fly. Like that's that's a strong choice because his promos have been fantastic. And the thing that is great about his promos is that there is a certain level of believability with him. Like everything seems very honest and and real and raw. So I thought the promo that the promo war that he had with Punk before the match that they had (laughs) was fantastic. And I mean, Punk is just like, he was playing the heel there and he just like ripping on him. And it's like, like like you're a bum. And the crowd like audibly like lost its mind it's like oh my like they like he just like he called him the dirtiest word possible Mm-hmm. uh it that was a great feud that they had one match and then that was it that, which I, I mean
0: the opening of that match is the best open to like a blood feud match ever the that's only so thing, good the only thing that ever came as close to being that good was um the warrior savage retirement match where warrior like picks him up Gently puts Savage on his feet and then just slaps the shit out of him.
2: <laughs> After walking to the ring out of character.
0: Yeah, but like Kingston just unloading that back fist right like at the right the
3: Punk. Yeah, yeah,
0: that was so, oh that was a that, that was, was a so good.
3: Match. Uh, all that said, I actually would not choose uh, Kingston. I think he's a fine choice. Uh, I would I would actually probably just go with MJF because. Like that's a dude that you literally like can can throw in there, it, on in any match, like any any moment, like on 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 Dynamite, on Rampage, something like that, and he can cut a promo. That's just phenomenal. Yeah, that's like, true. He, and Kingston is the same way. Like you can, I mean, he has literally, like, cut a promo on like a chicken sandwich. So it's like that that guy can just do yeah. anything. But MJF, it's like you can basically go to MJF and be like, uh, (sighs) did you go out there and talk about how, like, uh, like guys who play video games are like worthless losers? You can go out there and and cut like a 20. Oh,
0: yeah. (laughs) He's phenomenal. There's a couple other AEW guys that actually have an argument, but let's see what what Shad.
2: Um, I'm actually, I'm in agreement with Brad for Eddie Kingston. Let me give you a little. I knew. Only I didn't know a whole lot about Eddie prior to him coming to AEW. Like we saw him in um, on the that episode of NWA Power, where you know he really really impressed me there, and I went looking for some older stuff with him and that sort of thing. But then he shows up in AEW, and I love how. I, you know how some people say like the best gimmicks are, are you turned up to 11? Honestly, I don't think Eddie's even turned up. I think that's just Eddie Kingston you see out there. But the reason that I, I give Kingston the nod over MJF, and you're right, MJF, MJF is a radiator. He just produces heat all the time, and that's that's hard, and is really good. But while he produces heat, Eddie Kingston made a feud out of one promo more than once. Like, he was going into... I can't remember who it was supposed to be going up against Miro for the, the, um, the TNT title. But then they had to slot Eddie in there at last moment. Eddie cut one promo, and all of a sudden it's just like, we are off to the races. Like, Eddie Kingston's promo... Skills. I am. I am full on board. You know, I'm on the court of the Mad King at he, this point.
0: He was like, he was that. That mirror promo what was so good. About that is like, it was like, Jesus, dude, did you just read like some throw or something? Like, and yeah. like just lay this. He looks. This he
2: says. He says, you talk about uh, what your God demands of you. Take my hand, and we'll walk through hell together. And if you make it out the other side, you can see if you're right or not. It's just like that was so.
3: Didn't he Good. say something even like quasi blasphemous, but he's like you can you can talk to your god. Yeah. Because Miro's yeah. you know, his his gimmick is as the Redeemer. But
2: Well <laughs> Kingston wearing like rosaries and stuff, he, he's implying that that Miro is delusional. He's saying you talk to your God. He's saying, No, you're you're off the reservation. I don't know who you're talking to. But it's so gosh, he's just so he goes out there and he he cuts it. Here, here's another good one. The promo he cut backstage after the Brody Lee Memorial Show.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah.
2: Left me as a grown man, a hardened grown man who had ten years in the wrestling business and um, you know uh, thirty years of martial arts and all that. Left me in tears. Okay. Eddie Kingston, as far as I am concerned, is Mount Rushmore of Mike Work.
0: You also, He's up there um,
2: with Roddy Piper and The Rock and someone else I haven't figured out.
0: I, I, you also got exposed to his match at high noon with Mike Quackenbush this year, too.
2: Yeah, that that was one of the older ones I was referencing earlier. Yeah, like, but, I'm um, on board for Eddie Kingston.
0: So I, my two honorable mentions for this year would be Taz and Dan Lambert. Is um, mm. Those are
3: so. really good annual
0: because Dan yeah, Lambert really is good. just an ass, and he loves it.
3: Uh, uh, can I go back to Eddie for a minute? Um, yeah. Did either of you guys read his essay after the Punk match? Yes. That was um. In, that's a really honest essay, and in some ways, it's it's like it's kind of sad, but also inspirational. Yes. Because for those who are not aware of it, like after the Punk match, I think he even like took. He took like a few, I think he took like a few days off or whatever, but he he wrote an essay where he was explaining like I was he became incredibly depressed after the Punk match and he, most people would be like what why like they had a great match like that's a high profile match that was he did a great job with it like why and it's it's like because he he explains in detail in the essay where he's like look like me getting praise people telling me how much they've loved me and everything like that. It causes me to have like depression because I'm afraid like I from, it's like no way to go, but down, like I'm going to fail you. Like it's going to be like a mess. And it's like, it's, it's the guy, it's the, it's literally the internal monologue and struggles that he has had to deal with his entire life. Yeah. And he recognizes that. And that's why I think like he Eddie's in like a better place, and has a better chance of like succeeding because he recognizes like all of those flaws. But it, you kind of do get a glimpse uh, behind the curtain and how the man is and why like at points in his life he's had to actually battle with very real and very intense substance abuse issues because he has this like these issues with there with, uh, with with depression that he's had to do a lot of personal work on.
2: And he uh, even said he 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 can't accept praise from other people like people telling him how good it is he's like it can't be that good i did it yeah and it's just like wow oh man
0: i also think he's getting freaked out too because i think he's starting to realize like he's bulletproof like i truly think (laughs) you could you could job him almost every night and he could talk people back because people because that's that's one of the things yeah. of that match with Miro is I don't mm-hmm. think he could ever play a heel long-term anymore because what's understated about him is he is such a sympathetic seller.
3: Yeah. he He's so damn good that my answer to that is like, yes, he could play a heel because he could talk you into believing him as a heel and he could talk you into hating him. But he also – I agree like he couldn't because – he is a sympathetic seller, but he's, like, he has reached a point, I think, at this point, that people who were clued in enough to him, it's, like, he is, like, a sympathetic character, Where it's like, you—I'm of that sort. It's, like, I liked Eddie before, but since him joining AEW, I'm now, like, I'm all in on Eddie Kingston. Like, I want—I actively root for the man to succeed in his career and and in life, and there are people that I'm fans of at wrestling, but there are a few people that I— even if I am I like them, I mean them no harm, I want them to succeed, there are very few people that I am actually emotionally mm. invested in. Uh, in times past, like the guy that, for a long time, like the WWE, the guy who I was, it reached that level was Daniel Bryan or Bryan mm-hmm. Danielson. Um, and there's, with AEW, like there's a few guys that I could say, like I probably have, I, I've reached a level of like emotional commitment. But Eddie Kingston is definitely one of them. It's like, I don't even need the guy to win like titles. I just want him to be to, feet, to be featured and featured well. Uh, and they seem to be going that route with him, which makes me very happy.
2: I, I'm I'm in this place where I look at... I'm so on the Kingston bag, bandwagon now that I desperately want him winning a title just because he does such good work that I, I feel like I want them to
3: recognize him for <laughs> I, it. I still would argue, and I, I would argue till I'm blue in the face, that they should have done a brief tag title run, where he and Moxie, like, won yeah, the tag. I just, yeah, if, that that would have been... Even if the plan was, like, the Lucha Brothers to hold it, so you put the titles back on the books, like, a month later or so, like, I feel like she, they should have done that. And I feel like they should give a title to him down the road. Like, TNT title. I don't TNT title, tag titles. I would buy
2: him... As as the heavyweight champ, even if it was a short reign, why? Because he's he's presented as so gritty that he goes knuckle to knuckle with
3: everybody. The match he had, he didn't win the title, but the match he had with Nero mm. is it, in 2021, like the modern day era. It's it's a kind of astounding because it was like an old school. People have said this. So I'm not like making any sort of like profound statement. It was like an old school All Japan match where it's like dude just fucking throwing bombs. And doing head drops and shit like that. It was intense. Like, it was. I loved it. I loved it. They worked together so well. It was yeah. like chocolate and peanut
2: butter.
0: He's also okay. an underrated commentator on um, Elevated when he does it. Big oh, Show yeah. loves him because he just drops like, he'll drop like the most obscure things. And like, um, who was it? I think Kira Hogan like came out or someone he's like yeah I don't like her and he was pretty much saying like nah she's too ghetto for me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I need to go um I need to watch more Elevation because I haven't but uh. They just
0: had um it might have been dark but um Dasher Hatfield just made his return this week because he wrestled Andrade. Is Avery good on one of them this week?
3: (laughs) That name still kills me. I I saw something that he tweeted where he was claiming like he's he's he had, like, only, like, a few number of matches left, and he's, like, going to retire. And really? I don't know if that's, like, legitimate or not, but there is kind of an underground movement, which I hope it, it picks up steam. There's an underground movement to have him get signed. And there's a lot of guys that I feel AEW, it's, I kind of, like, scratch my head as to, like, why Tony's signing people, like Tony Nice.
0: Oh, and, Tony Nice is, like, that's, like, one of the ones I'm, like, why did you...
3: Yeah, well, you could also make the argument, in some respects, it's kind of more controversial, for why did you sign, like, Jay Lethal? Because uh, he's, like, on Dark or something, tag-team with Sunny Kiss. And I like Sunny Kiss, and I, I I don't mind them giving Sunny Kiss something to do. But it's, like, you're not really doing much with Jay Lethal or other people. Like, I would rather them sign a guy like Avery Good, because he's young enough that I think you can actually feature him and like, it... You can get a lot of you can get a lot of mileage out of him probably. So I don't know.
2: I I would kind of think that part of um, part of lethal signing is not only so that you've got a good hand to work with some up and coming guys, but he I'm gonna guess they're gonna have him doing some like coaching stuff too, hmm. like you know some hmm. some training and helping people improve. But that's just speculation. Uh, Brad, I also got to, just before we move to the next one, one of your honorable mentions, I got to give you credit because Dan Lambert as good on the mic is, is a a great call out. Um, just, I I would not have expected him to be so good at it, but he leans in to being a a loud mouth coward so well.
0: He enjoys doing it, which makes him an extra like big dick bag.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's so good.